0: Welcome to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where we help you harness your intuition, your personal power, so that you can live a magical life. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Moonday Mystic. And as part of our month of abundance and prosperity interviews, we have another amazing teacher here for you today. Her name is Victoria Vicks Maxwell. She is the creator of The New Age Hipster, a spiritual home for witches, lightworkers, starseeds, and spiritual seekers, a priestess for present times, modern mystic, which we love, and spiritual teacher in Converse Sneakers. Vix supports her worldwide community in reconnecting to their own light, inner guidance, and power through personal soul readings, spiritual development classes, tarot and oracle card reading courses, kundalini yoga workshops, spiritual business mentoring, podcasts, award-winning blog and social media channels. She's also a best-selling young adult fiction author, and she has two additional books in, a, to, in addition to what we're going to discuss today, which is Witch, Please, Empowerment and Enlightenment for the Modern Mystic, and The Angels Among Us and Goddess Among Us Oracle Decks. So this is your second, just so I correct me. this is your second metaphysical book. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and then so you've got The second, Young Adult.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is my second metaphysical book. There's actually another one that's just come out as well.
0: Man, so, you're crushing yeah, it! Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> how did you always want to write? Is that always been like a form? Because you have the you've had the blog and all of that stuff, or is this? How did this come to be? I wonder. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I
1: actually started out uh, when I was a kid. Like the big dream was I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to sing and dance and do all of that stuff. Okay. So I went to theater school and I kind of went down that path for a while. Came out of that, um, went into teaching. I was a drama teacher for a bit. And then I got into special educational needs teaching. And then I was kind of on the side of that. I was doing my own spiritual practices and I was reading the cards for myself. And then it just kind of, I just kind of transitioned into doing this for a living. And when, you know, when I started my, my tarot business, the last thing on my mind was that I would be published by HarperCollins and have my spiritual books in the world. So yeah, like I've always loved creativity and I've always loved kind of writing stories. Like I loved doing that when I was a kid as well, but it was something that kind of dropped away and then came back later in life.
0: I love that. And you seem to have just like a way with communication and expressing yourself. And so it's no wonder that it goes through different evolutions I guess as we evolve and change I am so excited to get to talk to so many people that are putting books out into the world on this topic for me too I, I was also published by Harper Collins and it was so amazing to think that this big publishing giant wanted to write you know publish a book about spells and altars and stuff like that did yeah. you have a similar experience <laughs> when when that came through
1: yeah, definitely. So I'd wanted to, I kind of had an idea to write a spiritual book for a little while. And I think a lot of us who kind of start doing this work for other people and we start sharing on social media and our blogs, we kind of realize, oh, actually I've got a lot to say on these, on these topics. Yeah. And then the next kind of progression is oh, I want to write a book. So I was thinking about a book for a long time. And because I self-published my young adult books I kind of thought oh maybe I'll just like self-publish something you know I'll just put it out into the world and and see what happens uh yeah and then one day I got an email from Harper Collins and they were like hey do you want to write a book yeah. <laughs> and I was like um okay sure That's uh, although the process was you know that was it and the process was actually really kind of a lot more intense than that because I went through this whole thing of like should I publish with them should I you know, it was a whole like all um, and I think this happens to a lot of people when they are manifesting something right that I know we're going to talk about today a lot about manifesting but when you've kind of been putting out into the world oh I want to have a book out into the world and then it kind of starts to look like it's going to happen sometimes we go through that process of like oh, you know, like, do I really want to do this? Is this really mm-hmm. what I want? And all your stuff comes up or your limiting beliefs and your blocks kind of come up. So yeah, I navigated through all of that and ended up saying yes and writing the book. And yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a really surreal kind of experience. Like it wasn't, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it is crazy. And it's, interesting um, because I, for whatever reason with my book project, I just knew that I was manifesting a deal with Harper in specific, specifically. And I don't even know why. I was like, and we were doing this like manifestation group with my team uh, with this woman named Jen Mazer, And I was just like book deal this year with Harper Collins. And I thought, I don't know why I wanted to go that route. And maybe because like Kim Kranz, who was like a hero of mine, worked with mm-hmm. them or whatever. But then I, what I realized, and I'm curious about your processes, it was actually the editor that I needed. And she just happened to work there. And that editor mm-hmm. who like bought the project and worked with me and really started, understood and created my vision and brought it to life. It was less to do with Harper and more to do with like, that just happens to be where Elizabeth Sullivan works. Um, how, how um, this is not on our list of questions, but I'm curious how was that process collaborating with uh, with an editor because you self-published maybe that's a new what was a new part of the experience for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: It was really um, <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty pretty different and pretty interesting. I kind of heard like a lot of horror stories from people in the industry who'd published with big publishers and I'm not saying that to put anybody off approaching big publishers because it can it can can be amazing but I'd heard a lot of stories where people had said you know I've taken my most precious baby to this publisher and they ripped it apart and they (laughs) edited everything and they hated everything that I wrote and they made me rewrite it and all of this stuff so when you self publish obviously you don't have to worry about that you know you can say whatever you want and you just upload it to amazon and it's <laughs> out to the world mm-hmm. um which is a, which is an amazing experience as well but um yeah i was kind of i kind of went into it knowing you know knowing some of these stories from from friends and other people in the in the industry and i was kind of a little bit expecting that to happen like I was really sort of like okay well here's my manuscript you know do do what you want with it I kind of tried to really surrender to the process and just like if you want me to write something different I'll do something different like let's you know let's talk let's collaborate and um there was only like very few edits that they wanted me to make and I was kind of like really yeah. <laughs> like I was surprised that it was as easy as it was because I know it's not it's not always easy for um for people and depending on the, the relationship that you have with your editor as well, obviously that's like so, so important. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I think I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be really hard and it's going to be awful. And they're going to hate everything that I write, you know, like Mm -hmm. all of my, my own limiting beliefs around, oh, what are they going to think about this? Um, but I just got into that place of surrender and I was like, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think? Um, and they were like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, we just want to change a couple of things. And and yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I, I want to ask you a question, Kelly. Yeah, Hallie. sure. When you, when you said that you um, that you knew it was going to be HarperCollins for you, do you think you manifested that or do you think you already, like you knew that it was going to happen, like you could see it, like it was a Yeah.
0: I, that is a great question. It's like a chicken and the egg kind of question. I, it was just so, for me, the way that my psychic senses work is I just hear things. And so that's kind of just like what I heard and I just trusted mm-hmm. it. And then it wasn't until after that I realized, I think it was the team at Harper that made it so special for me. So I I don't know the answer to that, honestly, mm-hmm. um, whether I made it happen or just were, was anticipating it happening. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's a good question, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, was it your de- was it your destiny, and you just knew you just knew it was gonna ha- you knew it was gonna happen, yeah. or did you make it happen, or is it both? I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it's a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. And what? Well, I would love to talk about um, your your upcoming book. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be releasing tomorrow. Do you want to show everybody? Will you hold up your book? Because there will be people watching on YouTube. It's so beautiful. Manifest your dreams. It is so lovely. And I, it was so beautiful to read and I enjoyed it so much. You've got all the little bookmarks. I, uh, I was reading yeah. a digital copy or else I would have had them too. Here's what I appreciate about your approach. So you're um, like the fourth conversation I've had about this sort of similar topic in a very short amount of time. And what I love is that you right out the gate, call out the hard stuff. You, you don't, it, it's not just all like lollipops and sunshine and you get into the ideas about privilege or mental health or um, just to name a few and we'll get into that more deeply. But I've, I really appreciated that because that's when I came up with the idea of interviewing four different people on the same topic. That's what I was curious about. I wanted to get into that conversation. And we're recording in Scorpio season. So I feel like it's perfect time to kind of like talk about some of these more taboo subjects that people in this Mm. sort of new age spiritual space sometimes circumvent because it's uncomfortable. So I just I just wanted to give you props for that. And and, and I'm curious, was that nerve wracking to approach or did it feel like a sense of duty? Like I have to address this. What was that like for you? I think it was very much Excuse me. I think it was very much both.
1: I yeah. think there was a massive, um, a mass. I felt I had a really, a really strong sense of duty because I have read so many manifesting books mm-hmm. over over my life. I, I first read The Secret when that first came out, like in the early two thousands. That was kind of my first, um, the first manifesting book that I read in my in my early twenties, and from there I kind of you know kept exploring different books different perspectives but so many of them so many of the books that I read were just get into the right vibration and everything will happen mm-hmm. and I definitely um, feel that that's true but it's true to a point <laughs> there's a lot of other things that happen in life um, that you know it's not it's just feels like it's so much more complex than that and you know now that I'm kind of in my In my 40s, there has been so much that I've learned about manifesting and law of attraction and life, (laughs) you know, like the hard things that come up in life, the hard things that, you know, sometimes something really hard happens and it's like, oh, did I manifest this, you know, and it's like give yourself a break. Um, But I've also, you know, I've dealt with some things in my life. I've dealt with my own anxiety, my own mental health issues, all of that kind of stuff as well that I've kind of had to navigate through. And, you know, I I just felt like in all of the manifesting books that i would read, no one had kind of touched on, oh, well, you got to stay vi- high vibe all the time, and you got to keep your thoughts positive. But what if you've got anxiety? What if you've got a little bit of depression? What if you're in a pit of despair? It can be very hard to kind of go from, I am literally just on the floor. I don't know how to get out of this. To hey, my vibe is like so high right now, and I can manifest anything just by thinking about it. So I kind of yeah, I really I really felt a duty to to talk about that stuff. But, you know, like you said, there was also some hesitation. Um, I remember there was a meme doing the rounds, uh, a quote doing the rounds a couple of years ago. Did you manifest it or was it just privilege or something Mm -hmm. along those lines? And I I reshared that because I felt that really, really strongly and really deeply. And the response was really interesting. Most people really resonated with it and they were like, thank you for talking about this and posting this. But there were a lot of people who, um, who weren't ready for that, <laughs> who weren't ready for that conversation, or ready to to think about that in their life. Which is fine, you know, not everybody's at that point. Um, but yeah, it really sort of shook some people and really triggered them. And, um, you know, they were like, "I'm unfollowing this account." And all of that really, it was that. It was that, <laughs> that, it was that polarizing. Yeah, 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 wow. and I. Um, so, yeah, putting putting this stuff in the book, you know, like writing a writing a manifesting book that talks about anxiety and privilege and all of the hard stuff that can kind of come up. Um, it did feel a little bit like, oh, gosh, like, you know, what are people going to say about this? How's this going to be received? But, yeah, I just felt like I, like you said, I felt like I had a duty I had a yeah, duty to, I, you to say tell. the things that um, you yeah. said. Yeah.
0: It felt that way when I read it because it was right at the top. I mean, it was in the very, mm. I feel like it. part of it, I mean, you go into more depth, but in the first, you know, 20 pages at least, it talks about that. And I, I was just like, hell yeah. I just to like set that tone right out the gate because then if you have that seed planted in your mind that there's it's nuanced and there's many factors as you're reading through your exercise and you're, you know, reading through the rest of the book, there's so much, so much beautiful experiences that you can have with it. At least there's like that groundwork understanding that there's more, there's, you know, other factors at play. And what I really appreciated was, and, and you can go more into it if you'd like, you, you mentioned four keys of manifestation, um, but that they're not all four needed all the time. Um, so do you have an, I can't remember all four. Do you, do you remember what those four were? It was like the one was mental, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I broke it down and this is just kind of one way of look, of looking at it. You sure. Know, this isn't another thing that I found really frustrating with a lot of books that I read was here are the four steps. And if you just do these four steps, you'll manifest <laughs> anything, you know, it's right. like oh, I've tried those four steps and it didn't, <laughs> it didn't always work for me. Um, so this is just, you know, another way to look at it, but the um the four things are your thoughts, mm-hmm. your actions, your vibration, and divine assistance. And so those first two thoughts and actions, they're actually the things that create your vibration anyway, but you know, can break it down into those different, into those different sections. Um But yeah, there's there's this for me it felt like ideally you want to have all of those four things working. Ideally, you want to have your thoughts in a good place. And when your thoughts are in a good place, that helps you to to take action that is aligned with, you know, what's important to you and what you want to create and all of that stuff. Because it can be difficult to take that action when your thoughts are all over the place or when you are in a dark place, it can be really hard to kind of get yourself up, get yourself moving towards your goals, all of that stuff. But those two things, your thoughts and your actions, really do kind of create your vibration. But I don't believe that your vibration is created just from your thoughts. I believe that your vibration can be created from all of the things that you do. It can be created through the music that you listen to or the food that you eat or your spiritual practice, just by sitting down and doing some meditating, can help you to create a better vibration. So if you are in a place where you know, your thoughts are a little bit, I don't know how to control my thoughts right now, or you're um, dealing with some mental health stuff, having a spiritual practice, doing some meditation, some yoga, going for a walk outside, touching some grass, like all of these things can help with your with your vibration, even if you can't really get your thoughts kind of on board. Um, and, the you know, this other aspect too around the divine assistance I found that so helpful when I've been in those in those places where my mental health has been struggling. Instead of, oh, I better get my thoughts aligned because this is the most important thing. If my thoughts aren't totally high vibe and, and positive all the time, I'm not going to be able to manifest. But you can kind of bypass that and you can reach out to your, your guides and your angels or whoever, you know, whoever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you, that you feel, universe, God, you know, whatever, whatever words you want to give to the the outer kind of power that we that most of us are listening to this probably feel that exists in some way shape or form we can contact we can contact the divine and we can say you know what I'm not in a good place mentally right now but I could really use some help <laughs> you know yeah. I could really use some help with this with these other things and I feel like manifestation is often spoken about just from the perspective of your thoughts like your thoughts are, 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 are everything and your thoughts definitely help. You know, if you're going to have a positive mindset, that's going to make it a lot easier. But if you don't have a positive mindset, there are other ways in, there are other things you can do that can start to kind of help you on the manifesting journey. And then you find that once you do that, if you can get out for a walk, if you can talk to your angels and say, Hey, I need some help. The more you do those things, the easier it kind of is to get your thoughts back yeah. in alignment anyway. So instead of your thoughts create the world, you can kind of navigate, bypass that, do a few other things that can then start to affect your thoughts. And then, you know, then you kind of got this cycle of these four things kind of working for you better. Does that explain it?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, I'm curious, where do you fit, if, if at all, emotions in those in that realm? Does it, is it tied to thoughts or your vibration? Like What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think it can be a little bit of, of all of those things. I think when it comes to, you know, our thoughts are so linked to our emotions mm-hmm. um, and to suggest that your thoughts are totally separate from your emotions. I think it's like a really interesting, interesting conversation to have because, you know, you can feel sad and then your thoughts are, kind of, you know, and it's like, well, what's your mind doing when you feel sad? Um, so, for me, I would say your emotions are very much connected to your thoughts, but also your vibration. Because sometimes we just have emotions and we don't really know why. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you just feel, you just feel bad, and you're like, why do I feel bad today? Then I would say that that would kind of go into, you know, into your vibrational state. But that's not to say that if you're having a bad day, you need to worry about. Oh gosh, I'm like having a bad day. My vibration's gonna be totally off. I talk in the in the book a little bit about um, sometimes the most high vibe thing you can do is to just say, you know what, I'm having a bad day today, and that's okay because I'm human, and this is part of the human experience, and it's totally fine for me to feel like this. I'm just gonna do what I need to do to get through this day. When you can kind of shift into that energy, then you know, your vibrations can still be really high, even if you're feeling really low.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So mm. um, yeah, that explains it really well. So I guess the worst comes to worst, you can always pray is basically what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Just there's tons of unseen support. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. tons of unseen support for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another section of the book that I really enjoyed were your myths. There are a lot of myths in there. And I love that because sometimes myths are just like unpopular opinion to go against myths. So the one that Mm. I identified, and there's two I wanted to ask you about that's so pervasive, and this kind of has to do with your thoughts, is that you attract everything that happens to you good and bad. And you know, I had a really hard time with this. Um, A couple of years ago, I was going through like a hormonal imbalance that really messed up my mental health and well-being and i had during that time part of one of my like toxic thoughts was thinking like how did i create this what what did i do to like be in this place where i was just like so anxious and depressed and crying or whatever and i could i could identify that like i had inherited that belief as true, like to take personal responsibility for your life, you take responsibility for the good things and the bad things. But then when I, you know, can get in my more rational mind, it's like, but there's also a chemical thing going on here that is biological and has nothing to do with your, you know, necessarily your vibration. So anyway, I'm curious to hear more about that, about that myth, because I think it's pretty dangerous and I think it's pervasive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And thank you for sharing that. Cause it's, um, you know, something that I've seen in the spiritual community spoken about so often this idea that everything that's ever happened to you is your fault. Like you've manifested everything that's happened to you. And I just have never been, (laughs) I've never been able to get on board with that. (laughs) Like there are so many, there are so many things. Um, to me, it kind of feels like Uh, You know, there's this quote that goes around as well that's like, um, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that quote can be really useful sometimes. It can be like, okay, like this is, you know, whatever's happening in my life can be teaching me a lesson, it can be helping me grow, all of those things. But not everything that happens to you is about you as well. You know, like there's billions of people on this planet. Everyone's having their own experience everyone's making their own choices everyone's creating their own vibration and like you know one one thing that that I hear a lot is people who have had um who have dealt with trauma and abuse at the hands of somebody else and they somehow get into this place where they've start believing that they've manifested that and that they've created that and I just think that's like like you said I think that is so so harmful I think there's always places where we can take responsibility. So to use something in my life as an example, um, you know, dating really inappropriate people, (laughs) like not paying attention to the red flags, you know, like, okay. Like you can look back and you go, all right, I can see maybe there were some red flags there that I didn't pay attention to, but that doesn't mean that how that person treated you was your fault, you know? So it's kind of like breaking it down and saying, well, what was the part that I played in that? And what was the stuff that had nothing to do with me and was not about me at all. Um, So, yeah. And like your example as well, like, you know, we're in these physical bodies and there's all sorts of things like happening in our bodies. And another thing that really, um, that really stresses me out when I see people saying that they've manifested their illness Mm. or they've manifested something like, you know, that's happening in their, in their physical body. And I think, you know, maybe that can be true sometimes to an extent, but also like the world that we live in and all of the things that we're consuming and like, you know, I just think that we need to give ourselves a break. And I think that there is a point where you have to say, yeah, maybe I played a part in my own suffering in that situation, but those other things that was not mine. I don't need to hold on to that. That wasn't something that I made, made happen.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I've also been in spiritual communities where it has felt like to me that people in power have used this sort of logic to gaslight people. And when they're Mm -hmm. really being like abused or taken advantage of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. I've heard stories of like spiritual leaders where there's been like sexual assault or whatever. And it's like, you co-created this or like in cults. Like I feel like with Nexium they were saying stuff like that as a Mm -hmm. way to sort of control people. So I'm just, I'm not trying to get too dark, but I do think it's important to talk about, especially if you're looking for spiritual teachers or people are looking for guidance or communities I feel like this would be a red flag for me if you're in a community that's like Mm -hmm. so hardcore believing in this. I would, for me, I would just pay attention because sometimes it can be a form of manipulation.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And one thing I want to add to that too is, you know, I know some people who have, have the belief that, okay, I've manifested everything that's happened to me and it's actually helped them. Like mm-hmm. it's helped them to kind of take back their power and say, all right, well, if everything that's happened to me is, in, is my fault, then I can, create anything that I want from this point. And I think, okay, if it works for you, you know, with all of these things, with manifestation, anything in the spiritual world, if you find something that works for you and you find a belief system that really works and empowers you, then that's great. But what I've seen a lot too is people who are like, this has worked for me. And then they teach it to other people as if like, this is my belief that everything that you have you know everything that's happened to you you've manifested it so it must also be true for you and mm. i find that really um i find that really difficult to handle i see it in like comment sections and stuff you know where someone's like talking about something really traumatic that's happened to them and someone will get in the comments and be like well you manifested this and it's like oh god <laughs> oh no yeah. please no you know and it's like where's the compassion as well you know like where's the compassion for for each other and for ourselves i think that is one of like the, um, and I talk about it in, that in the book that actually self-love is like one of the biggest keys to manifestation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in order to have self-love, you have to be able to look at your life and say, you know what, those things that have happened, that was somebody else's choice. And it really sucked that I got in the way of that. And I was there when that happened, but that doesn't mean that it's mine to take onto that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I made that happen.
0: Right. I think there's a difference between – yeah, the the subtle difference between taking personal responsibility, like you're saying, for Mm -hmm. your part, Mm -hmm. and then like feeling like you made something bad happen. Absolutely. It's it's a real interesting line. But I will say – I feel like I hear some of this in – like, some law of attraction circles <laughs> about how, like, you oh, yeah. create everything. So, <laughs> I mean, the law of attraction is just, like, the standard, and I feel like now that people talk about when it comes to manifesting. So, how do you reconcile? Because you talk about that in your book, too. It's, like, you're pro-law of attraction to a degree, and also, yeah. it's almost, like, with these asterisks of, like, caveats. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you reconcile the conversation we just had with the law of attraction and, and how you can hold I mean, it's good to be flexible mentally where you can hold many things as Mm. true.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I feel like we read a really interesting point. And I think this is like a problem with everything, not just spirituality, but it's like people can't be like, oh, maybe both of these things can be true. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe the law of attraction is real and we should really be thinking about we're putting out there and what we're saying and what we're what we're thinking because we do receive that in return but maybe also it's true that not everything is not everything is our fault right? right 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 um yeah and so what there's like this practice that i talk about in the book with law of attraction where you go outside and you smile at strangers and you see who smiles back at you and it's really it's really fun and it's really interesting and i don't think it probably works everywhere like if you live in a big city then, you know, maybe it's not, I used to live in London and I don't know that I'd, um, you know, when you get on the, when you get on the tube in London, like no one even looks at each other, let alone smiles at each other. Um, but where I live now, it's a little bit, it's a bit of a smaller town, but you, you know, maybe you can try it in your workplace or somewhere where people are, you know, a little bit, um, a little bit more open to, to smiling. But if you walk around and you just smile at strangers, most people will smile back at you but not everybody will. And I feel like that's kind of like a really good metaphor for how the law of attraction works. You know, it's like if you put yourself out there and you smile at people, most of the time they're probably gonna smile back. So if you think positive thoughts, if you try to get your vibe in the right place, most of the time you will manifest things to you, you will attract things to you that are in alignment with that vibration. But every once in a while you walk past someone who just doesn't want to smile at you (laughs) or doesn't want to make eye contact at you. And that is not your fault. That has nothing to do with you. Maybe they're in their own world. Maybe they're having a really bad day. Maybe they're going through their own trauma, you know, and they're just not available to give you a smile right now. So maybe some of the things that you're trying to manifest, some of the things that you're trying to attract just aren't available to you right now. And that's, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So yeah, I feel like what you said, you know, both of these things, I feel like both of these things can be true. Why not?
0: Yeah. And the good, I mean, the thing about laws, if you think about just like, you know, laws from the government or whatever, there are many laws, right? There's not just one law. Mm -hmm. And so another law that you mentioned that I'd never heard of before is the law of grace. And I love grace. Mm. I love the word grace, but I never heard of it as a law. So can you tell me more about the law of grace? Just in case some of the listeners have never heard of it either.
1: Yeah. So I think the first time I heard this mentioned was um, I think it was Yasmin Boland. A lot of people probably heard of her. She's written a lot of books. She's really amazing. Um, she talks a lot about astrology and, and the moon. Um but essentially the law of grace is just kind of like this. Um It's kind of like a protection that you can put over your manifestation, or you can use it for your spell work. You can use it for kind of anything that you're, anything that you're kind of working on putting out there. It's really just this um, law that you can call in that just kind of says, you know, may this be done in alignment with the best and highest good of all. May this harm none. May it just, you know. Don't let anything anything go wrong here, you know. And because I've I've heard these stories before, and these are kind of like urban legends in the in the community, I think, where someone's trying to manifest a million dollars and then their uncle dies and leaves them a million dollars, you know. And it's like, hmm, okay. Not to say that that's your fault if you were manifesting a million dollars and that happened, but you know, we don't want to we don't want to manifest from this place of oh, well, I'm going to get something and that means somebody else is going to lose, you know, like somebody else is going to miss out. Ultimately, we'll want to kind of be in this place without manifesting where we believe in prosperity and abundance for everybody. Right. So just kind of putting this, you know, caveat on it and saying, hey, I want to manifest this, but only if it's in alignment with the best and highest good of all, then it just kind of um, takes away, you know, anything that could happen that's maybe not how you want it to happen. And I've done this plenty of times in my life too, where I've manifested something that I really thought was what I wanted. And then I got it. And I was like, oh <laughs> you know, oh okay. Like this hasn't brought me the happiness that I thought it would. It hasn't been like this this big thing that, oh now my life is complete. You know, and I think sometimes with manifesting we have this idea that, oh well if I just have this thing my life's going to be great and everything's going to be in alignment, everything's going to be perfect. And then we manifest it and we're like, oh, actually, maybe, <laughs> you know, actually, maybe not. So the law of grace can help us with that as well. It can kind of, it's kind of like sitting in, sitting in meditation, talking to the universe and saying, look, this is what I want. But if it's not right for me, if there's something that's better for me, for my soul purpose, for my, for my journey, for my soul, for the universe, for the world, everyone around me, then i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah and then you know that's when it gets really interesting that's when your manifesting gets really really interesting because then you start manifesting things that you never even knew that you wanted but actually are you know really quite amazing so yeah and you can you can work with the law of grace by just simply saying under the law of grace may this be or you know whatever mm-hmm. however
0: you like to phrase it yeah i love that um you had me thinking about you know, you when you said you get that thing, and then you're like, mm, "Not so great." Um, do you think it's sort of our human condition to be reaching for the next thing often? Because I, I just find that in my, I don't know if I'm just an insatiable human or what. <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> I, we, uh, how, do you share that experience? You think it's part of just like our desire to create and expand as people all the time? Yeah, I do, and I think it, I think it's really.
1: Um, I think that's such a great question because sometimes in my experience, sometimes I have been, and this happened a lot, like at the beginning of my manifesting journey where I was manifesting a lot of like stuff, like physical items. So I got really good at like manifesting shoes. Like I'd go to the, I'd be like, "Oh, I need a new pair of shoes and I'd find the perfect pair in my size on sale. And it's like the last pair, or I would just be like, Oh, I really want like, a new outfit or whatever. And I'd have in my mind what I wanted and then I'd find it. And I'd be like, wow, okay, I'm so good at at manifesting. Um, And then like, you know, you get the shoes home, you get the clothes home and it goes in the closet. And then you're like, okay, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) now what? (laughs) Like now what? What's the next thing? Oh, another pair of shoes. Oh, another, you know, some more clothes. Oh, some more more stuff. That'll make me happy. And then you kind of start to realize that actually, you know, having more stuff doesn't necessarily – fill the hole in your soul. (laughs) So then you're like, okay, what is it then? Um, and then you kind of go on this journey of like, oh, maybe I should manifest something that would actually be, um, a little bit more useful than a parachute. So that's kind of how, how my, my journey, when I started off manifesting stuff, and then I started to manifest situations and people into my life and, um, you know, book deal and like all of these yeah, opportunities. Cool stuff. Yeah, opportunities. Exactly, is what I'm looking for. Uh, but I think you know, I think you're right. I think we can, we are always kind of thinking. Um, you know, like I wrote "Manifest Your Dreams." I wrote that like ages ago. You know, it's only just coming out now in um, certain parts of the world. But I wrote it like 18 months ago. So for me, it's like I'm done. I've done that book. I'm working on. Right. You know, I'm already working on the next the next thing. But I think what can happen. Um, You know, I kind of, I feel like this is another place where like both of these things can be true. We can still be, uh, thinking about what we want in the future. We can be working towards the next thing, but if we don't kind of stop every now and then and go, oh, wow, hang on. I just manifested this book and now it's out in the world and I'm here on this podcast talking about it and people are going to read it and it's going to be so useful for them. Um, if we don't kind of stop and pause and, you know, gratitude, it's so cliche, but it's such an important part of the manifestation process. When something comes to, comes to pass and something is manifested, we really need to stop and pause and go, wow, like this is so cool. But so often we're already, you know, so focused on, oh yeah, yeah, cool, the book's out, whatever, I'm already working on this next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can kind of get into this, You know, well, what's it all for? Like, when are you going to be happy? It's like always, oh, the next thing will make me happy. The next thing will make me happy. Um, So I think, yeah, I think as creative people, you know, we've always got the next project. (laughs) We've always got the next project or the next thing kind of in motion. Um, And we should be doing that. We should absolutely be thinking about, you know, where do we want to go next and putting the, you know, putting the feel, energetic feelers out into the future of like, this is what I want next. But also we need to really live in the here and now. And I don't think that's something that's talked about enough in manifestation. It's like just being here now and being like, wow, you know, look at all the stuff I've already created and look how amazing my life is right here and right now. Cause that's ultimately all we have, you know, otherwise you're just constantly in this cycle of, oh, when I get the next book out, I'll be happy. When I do the next deck, I'll be happy. When I do this other thing, I'll be happy. Um, and then we never actually get to enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's this kind of, we can be working on these things, but we also need to be here in this moment right now yeah. as well.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the real sweet spot that I've discovered is holding those two things at once. How can I be so content and just in awe of yeah. what's happening now, while like gently reaching or gently looking forward mm. to what's next and being in both places. I, that's where I find the the most joy. Um, yeah. You've also reminded me of a teaching that I was told by one of my teachers. And this is a very hard, not hardcore. It is kind of black and white. But she is of the opinion that like as people, we're either creating or we're destroying right? It's like you're doing one or the other, like that's the polarity or the duality of humanity. So it's like you're creating or you're destroying. And so I wonder, I don't know, it's one of those things you can like mull over if you think that's true or whoever's listening. But I, I do think of that sometimes, especially when I'm in like my low vibe phase, I'm like, okay, am I creating or am I destroying right now? And like, how can I channel this creative energy? Because it's going to go either in a productive or promoting way or demoting way. Um, have you ever heard something like that before? I'm curious. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I like I really love that actually from the from a manifesting point of view, because I think sometimes we're so focused on manifesting as the thing, you know, like I'm constantly got to be creating something, but actually like we don't. <laughs> you know, Sometimes mm-hmm. it's OK if you're in a, in a place where you're like, I don't know what my goals are right now. I don't even know what I want. I don't know where I want to go. And it's like, you know, that's totally fine. It's like seasonal, right? It's like yeah. you have the spring where you're planting your seeds and then you have your summer where everything's growing and you're like, wow, look at all these cool things I'm creating in the world. And then kind of things go quiet for a little bit. And it's like, oh, maybe I just need to sit and meditate for a few months and not And not be in that state of like, I want this and I'm creating this and I'm working towards this and just kind of take some time to just be where you are until you know what the next thing, what the next thing is. Um, Yeah, because otherwise we're just building and building and building and building and building all the time. To what Um, end. It's like, yeah, yeah, and like the moon cycle gives us that, um, gives us that too, right? Like the new moon, we plant our seeds and we think about what we want and we put it out there. But we don't keep kind of doing it over and over and over and over. It's like, okay, when well, we've planted that, now we just wait for it to grow. And then at the full moon, it's like, what do you want to release? What do you want to mm-hmm. let go? What's not working in your life? How can you make space for the new thing? Because I know, like I've done that in my life so many times where I've called things in and called things in and my guides have been like, where is it going to go? <laughs> Yeah. Like, where do you want to fit this? You know, right. oh, a new pair of shoes. Your, your wardrobe's full. You know, you got nowhere to put this stuff, but you keep asking for it. It's like, how do you think it's going to come into your life if you've got no space for it?
0: Yeah, that's a good so, yeah, point. Yeah, I love
1: that. I love that, Um, you know, building and building and destroying and rebuilding over and over yeah. again. I really, yeah, I really resonate with
0: that, actually. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, so what about people who like you were saying, you're in that period where you're unsure. Um, I feel like I have had a lot of clients lately kind of in that space, like I'm not sure what I want or, you know, the first thing that they reach for might not be really what their, their heart's desire is. So how can, how can people get in contact with their heart's true desires and and get more clear about their, what they're creating and manifesting?
1: Mm, I think, you know, one of my one of my tips for this is to kind of go back to the energy protection stuff, like the the woo woo basics, like the, you know, how's your how's your shield of light, how's your energy protection, uh, and this is something I talk a lot about in the book too, just about like how much we are programmed and influenced by the world and everything and everyone around us, and I have lost count of how many times I've tried to manifest something usually like kind of unconsciously, like I've seen it, seen it on Instagram. I've seen someone else has it, or I've seen someone else is doing it or, um, you know, on TV, media, like all of these places. And it's like, oh, if I had that too, then I'd be, I'd be happy. Um, but that's not usually the thing that's going to make you happy. I think sometimes, When we look at what other people are doing, it can be really exciting because we can get inspired by them, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, Vix has a manifesting book out. That's really cool. That's making me want to write a manifesting book. Then, you know, maybe there's something in that for you to kind of follow that thread and see where that leads. But just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that it's also what you need to do. You know, if you're thinking, hey, I want to write a manifesting book too, it's always good to kind of like pause and think about that and be like, is that really what I want? Or is this just a kind of a clue to what my thing is? Maybe it's not that you want to write a manifesting book. Maybe you just want to write a book or maybe you want to start a blog or maybe you want to like do something else in the world that's kind of related to, to manifesting and, and law of attraction or whatever. Um, so that's kind of, that's what has really helped me to figure out what I really want is to go back to working out what I'm holding on to that actually isn't mine and stripping some of that stuff away. And it can also be things like people who are close to you, your family or your friends who kind of have this idea about who you are and what would make you happy. And, you know, I think we all went through this, especially when we were um, you know, maybe some, some younger people are listening to this now who are at school or going into college and you're trying to choose your path and you're trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life? And everyone's got an idea about what you should do with your life. You know, like your mom's like, oh, you'd be really good at, you'd be a really great teacher. You should do that. Someone else is like, oh, why don't you get into like something creative? Cause you're really creative and you've got all these different voices and all these different people telling you what to do. And then we internalize those so it doesn't have to be them telling us what to do anymore. It's like the voice in your head that's like, oh, you know, I'd be a really good teacher. I should do something creative, (laughs) like all Mm of these different things. But being able to kind of identify them and start to clear those away and work on your own kind of energy protection can help you to kind of go into this space of like, really getting in touch with your own heart and your own soul and being able to say, okay, but what do I really want to do? Not what mom thinks I should do, not what, you know, my partner thinks I should do or the world or social media (laughs) or like whatever, but what about me? Like, you know, connecting with your soul, your higher self and your own heart and figuring it out from there Um, and using other people's experiences and the things that you're like, Oh, that looks really cool and juicy asking herself why, you know, like, well, what is it about that, that excites me? Um, And I remember, this is a story from my own life. I remember um, I've, I've I've been following Rebecca Campbell for years and years and years. I'm sure most people listening Mm -hmm. to this will know who Rebecca Campbell is (laughs) because she's massive. Um, And I was, I started following her so many years ago before she even had her first book out. And I remember when she had her book out and then she had her deck out and I was always just like, wow, like she's amazing. You know, like, I want to be just like Rebecca Campbell when I grow up, even though, you know, I was already like in my 30s or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And um, I just, you know, had this feeling of like, I just felt that she was so inspiring. Um, But I had to kind of really get in my own lane with that because, you know, as much as what I'm doing is similar to hers in a way, I'm writing spiritual books, I'm creating decks, I'm doing spiritual work, all that stuff. The way I'm doing it is really, really different. And for me, it wouldn't have been right to be like, oh, I'm going to do all pastels and I'm going to like change my branding to be all like, you know, pale pink and like all of this stuff. Because um, that's because I like what she's doing. So I'm going to copy what she's doing. You know, it's not about copying other people. It's like, what is it about this that's speaking to me? And then finding your own way to kind of do it. I, yeah. I can't even remember what your question was now. Did it was, yeah, no, question? the question was
0: regarding like how you can hear your own <laughs> heart's mm, desires mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying it's sort of you're kind of saying just you have to clear out all of the crap that's yeah. influencing you and then pay attention yeah. to what you're drawn to and use that as sort of clues and I will say that's exactly how I started my spiritual journey which is usual reminded me of this is like when I was in my early 20s I had all of the trappings of whatever life you're supposed to have I had like owned a home at that mm-hmm, time I was in a relationship mm-hmm. had a great job Um, And then I looked around and I was like, I don't care about any of this. I am so unhappy. And what I had to do personally was I was so merged with my mom that I really feel like it was like her voice Mm -hmm. in my head. And I created my mom's dream life that she never had, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't Mm -hmm. mine. And I had to create distance. But that's like the wake up point for me was like, I realized I don't even know what I like. You know what I mean? I I, I actually don't know. I've been so... um, I've been so, um, I was so impressionable and so young and just wanted to please and, you know, make my parents proud. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that's what started this whole journey for me. It's like, who am I? What do I want? Um, And then in my case, it's a very severe case. I wound up, um, I I don't really have a relationship with her anymore. And that's very extreme. And it's very, I had to go through a lot of shame and all that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. regarding that. But sometimes you do need physical distance, energetic distance, mental, you know, mental space so that you can get reacquainted with yourself.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm really glad you shared that because I think so many people are living someone else's life. Yeah. (laughs) To some, to some extent or another. And that's why we, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we get to a point where we're like, huh? You know, (laughs) like what, what am I doing? Like there's got to be, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else to to life than just kind of doing what I've been told I was supposed to do or, yeah, living living someone else's dream.
0: Yeah, you just check all the boxes. Mm. And that's sort of like the fallacy, right? It's like if you just check these, at least one from, and we're probably around the same age in our generation, I feel like it's like if you go to college and then you do this thing and do that thing and da, 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 da. da you were guaranteed to be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now yeah. most of the people that I know like <laughs> f- either followed that path and was like, "What?" And then just like burned the path down or they rebelled against the path and they're, and like I mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, especially women of our generation are kind of there are, there is no path. You know what I mean? Like we're forging yeah. a path. <laughs> <There is laughs> and like It's yeah. like, where is? And that's why I think it is so important what you said about the glimmers from other people that come before you, even if they're in your same generation or whatever, like that's all we have are these little glimmers to follow because mm. there's not like a super highway to like how to be a spiritual entrepreneur or whatever it is that all of us are like that yeah. we're doing or what other people um, are out there trying to create. This is novel, which is very cool. Um, but also, you know, hard work to, to a lot of, um, trial and error and, uh, figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's all being, um, yeah, like we're, we're in the midst of trying to rewrite that. And so I think in a way, you know, for people who are like, I don't really know what I, what I do want to manifest, you know, we're all figuring that out. Like we're all trying to figure out you know, well, who, who are we without society's pressures and social media and like all of these different things, you know? And I think ultimately it's very hard to, (laughs) it's very hard to be like, you know, because all of this is created, you know, like I'm, I'm essentially just a product of my, of my life, you know, my upbringing Mm -hmm. and everything that's around me and everything that's kind of come into my awareness. Um, so yeah, we're all kind of unpacking that and working and working that out. So I guess, you know, one thing to say to people who haven't figured out what they really want to manifest, um, it's okay. Like
0: we're all figuring that out. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: but, But another thing that can be really helpful too, and I've done this in times where I've had like no idea what to do. You work on manifesting clarity yeah so just like I'm manifesting clarity I'm manifesting more intuition deeper intuition a connection with my own soul a connection with my higher self that's what I'm working on manifesting
0: yeah and I think I also read this in your book but I had this similar uh, practice where and I'm sorry if it's not in your book but I thought I saw it there too you can also, if you don't know what you want, but you know what you don't want, that's also a good practice. You know, you can kind of reverse engineer it. It's like, okay, I don't know where I'm headed, but I know I need to, you know, cut some of these things or I I don't want to feel like this or whatever. Um, And then I would also suggest to people, this is, so I manifested my dream life because I remember when I was first learning to manifest, the one thing I wanted more than anything was to have a life and a job where I didn't have to wake up to an alarm clock. That was it. Mm-hmm. I hate waking mm-hmm. up to an alarm clock. It's just not – and I don't even have to sleep in, but just like that noise or whatever. And – um that's what I do now. I mean, I don't ever, unless I have somewhere to be, you know, have an alarm clock. So it could be something as simple as like a feeling. Like I didn't know that I would be running a metaphysical business or doing podcasting or whatever. I just knew whatever that life was. I did not want to have to like, bump, 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 jump out of bed. Mm-hmm. So it could be also that too. Like, how do you want the the quality to feel like? Like, what's like, what's, what is the feeling that you want to feel like moving around throughout the day or when you wake up in the morning or. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your, what rhythms do you want to support? And, and then it yeah. can get more refined from there.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love that you shared that. Um, that's just, like, amazing. I had a really similar experience where I was working in, um, in teaching. I had a teaching job, but I knew I needed to change the, the environment that I was working in. So I thought at the time I was manifesting a teaching job. And I wrote down three things, like, in my journal that I, that I wanted out of a job. I wanted it to be close to home. (laughs) I wanted to have full creative control and I wanted to feel like I was making a positive difference in the world. And there were the three things. And I thought that I was manifesting a better teaching position. And then when I started doing <laughs> spiritual work full time, it was like, oh, wow. OK, I've totally manifested that close to home. I work from home. So that's pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty good. that was pretty like, OK, full creative control. Yeah, got that. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I do feel like I'm making a positive difference. You know, like I get emails every day from people that are like, oh, I took your workshop. It was amazing. I read your book. It helped me so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you don't have to have all the, You know, you don't have to be like, I'm manifesting a spiritual business. I'm going to write. Books, I'm going to do all these things. Um, but yeah, that's so similar to what you said. I, I think that's really interesting that we both had um, a yeah. really similar kind of experience with that.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, the quality of the kind of life you want to have. And um, and one of my teachers always also said, like, what do you want to have a bigger experience of? That's like another way to say that. It's like, what do you want more of in your life that you've already have? Like, that's a great place to start manifesting because you already have a taste of it. You can feel the sensations in your body. There's not a resistance to it. It's just sort of like amplifying those things. Um, can kind of start the momentum because I do think also I don't know what you think about this but I do think manifestation is a momentum game it's like once you once you like even with the thoughts like one positive thought often leads to another leads to another and the same thing with the negative thoughts or just like an object in motion stays at motion an object in rest stays at rest so if you can just get like a little mm, little pep somewhere it's it just starts to build
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And that's part of the reason that I'm, um, such a big fan of, you know, when people say that they're struggling, I'm like, just do a daily spiritual practice, do something every day, whether it is, you know, you sit down and you do yoga and meditation and you have like this whole hour to do a thing. That's great. If you've got like five minutes to pull yourself a card and manifest um, you know, think about what you want to manifest or just meditate or just, you know, say hi to your higher self or whatever. Just doing something every day really does start to like, help, like it helps, you, you know, especially for people who are thinking, I don't even know what I want, you know, make like one minute a day where you just sit and you sit in meditation and you focus on connecting to your own soul. And then, you know, one minute a day starts to really add up. And then you're like, actually, I want to do this for a little bit longer. That's how Mm -hmm. I started with mine. I started with one minute meditation every day. And now I'm like on the yoga mat for like two hours every month.
0: I love that. (laughs) Like an hour and a half every morning. That's really good advice, especially if you start following those clues of like what you're interested in or what lights you up just a little bit. Because if you enjoy Mm -hmm. it, you're going to be more willing to do it. Um yeah. well speaking about practices, is there I usually we end these interviews with like a little something to put in your toolbox for folks. So is there something that you could share with the listeners, like an exercise that they can incorporate? We can yeah, do that. So
1: um so one of them, and this is actually like this would be something really good to do just for like one minute every day if, Okay. um you know, if you're called to do this, it's just a little meditation and there's a mudra with it this is from kundalini yoga and the mudra is um we're kind of just making like a a bowl with your hands so you have your palms for people listening who can't see you have your palms face up and you just put your pinky fingers together as if you're kind of creating a little bowl and then you just place it kind of at your heart center and you close your eyes if you're somewhere where that's okay for you to do that right now and you close your eyes and then you just begin to visualize that you're receiving something into your hands. So it can be that you're receiving money. You might see gold coins or notes falling into your hands. It might be that you're seeing uh, like a light of some kind, like a golden light kind of lighting up into your hands. Maybe it's... Um, In the Kundalini teachings, it's like you can imagine there's cookies falling out of the sky. (laughs) Like it doesn't matter what you visualize, but the idea is that you're just practicing receiving. And so you can sit here for as long as you like, really. But if you just do this for one minute every day, just holding this mudra and just visualizing, I'm receiving, I'm receiving. I'm open to receiving all good things. And then at the end, you take a big deep inhale and you suspend the breath at the top and you visualize your hands are overflowing with whatever this good stuff is that you've been receiving. And then you exhale.
0: Oh, I love that. That felt nice. I saw gold coins before you said it. I was like, mm, I'm in ah, the right yeah. Place. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, thank you so much for this. I just wanted to make a comment to those that are listening. So I've, we've been doing many of these conversations and things, some things that I have found in common that you guys might want to continue to adopt would be almost everyone I've interviewed so far practices kundalini yoga. And these are all Ooh. manifestation and prosperity <laughs> experts. And I did not know that that was the case when I was booking people. So, um, and I had been a practitioner of Kundalini Yoga for probably about seven years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just throwing it out there. These are things that I'm noticing about mm-hmm. like people that are doing this work and being successful with it. And then another thing, and I, I think I read this in your book that you would fall into this category Everyone that I've talked to, you know, started in financial struggle. This wasn't like these people were born into money or with these like wealth codes that were like, you know, rich dad, poor dad, where they like were given all of these advantages, at least financially. And these folks have been self-taught or also brought in teachers or whatever, and they've assembled these practices that have worked for them. So I just want to encourage people that if you are at a rock bottom place or you're not financially crushing it, all of us were like that. At The last podcast I told a story about how I had to like jump the turnstile or take the subway to work because I had overdrawn <laughs> my bank account. And that was only probably 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just to give you guys that, that real talk that these are people that have grown and, um, you know, expanded, but it, it wasn't always like that. So it's it's available to you. And there was one other thing that I noticed about everyone, and now I'm forgetting. Oh, gratitude. <laughs> gratitude. Everyone talks about gratitude as a real secret sauce to, to creating a, a feeling of abundance, prosperity, or whatever. So um, I'm, I love, I like to see patterns and sequences, and these are some common threads with all of these beautiful people that have come together to sh- share their time uh, and you know, everyone has lots of different practices too. I would say that there's many different practices. So I encourage you guys to get this book and see what resonates. It's impossible to do everything that she's done, you know, listed in there, but you're going to find some things that are going to really work for you if you give it a try. And I think manifestation is about experiences and exp- and that's what you give exercises and experiences for people to, learn about themselves, but also feel the vibration, just like we did when that money falling in your hands or whatever you're receiving, you can feel it viscerally. um, And you have to feel it before it becomes real, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's like, that feels like i go off on a whole nother tangent about that. But yeah, (laughs) let's just say yes.
0: Yes, okay. That's helpful
1: if you can do that. (laughs) Yes. So
0: where can people find you
1: Uh, Yeah, so my website is newagehipster.co and everything's on there. Um, If you want to work with me one-on-one, we can do that. I do soul readings for people Um, and soul readings are basically like tarot readings, but we also do stuff where we go into your Akashic records, we look at your past lives, like, you know, whatever needs to kind of be seen um i also teach kundalini yoga which is like hey if you want to um want to come and check that out uh and actually i'm about to launch a prosperity series we're going to do a prosperity series next year at the beginning of 2024 because we're moving into an eight years so we're going to do some some major prosperity practices. It's a, Yeah. And it's so interesting that you said everyone does kundalini yoga. It's just like, oh, I'm not surprised, but it's yeah. that's very cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah. Well, maybe all, that's all what I've manifested. Is... I've just manifested yeah. kundalini yogis. Maybe that's what it is.
1: <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's the vibration, the law of attraction at, at work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of my stuff's on there, how to work with me, more about my books and my decks and everything as well um, over on my website, mirechipster.co. If you guys want
0: to buy a uh, manifest dream. You can also buy it from modernmysticshop.com, and if you order it from us, we will send you a little extra, little special gift with your package. Usually, it's like some crystals and some stuff like that. Um, so I hope that you guys dive into this book. It was, it was really great, really accessible, um, and really honest. I feel like, like I said what at the beginning of this call, we, you know, talk about, you talk about some subjects that other people don't, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you
1: thank you thank you so much for You're inviting so me into your space and thanks everyone for listening
0: thank you for listening to moon day mystic by modern mystic shop moon day mystic is hosted and created by kelly knight produced by ariel duncan and inspired by magical listeners like you